Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. We are on the third season. It's incredible. Yoga is actually, the meaning is union. So it's a union of the body, mind, and spirit. It is spirituality. It wow. is. Wow. This is the lowest place in creation. This is where God wants to be known. Growth is growth, no matter how little it is. Oh, absolutely. All the shit that I thought I was is falling away, and every day it falls away, I feel better about life, and I'm able to beat me. Yoga doesn't want you to really forget about the emotion. They want you to move with the emotion. I've never thought of to do that, and I'm doing it right now, and my mind is kind of blown. Okay, so question for you all. Have you tried Reiki yet? And if you haven't, why? <laughs> no, but for reals, it if you haven't done Reiki yet, I highly suggest that you give it a try. Um, for me, the one person that I've been going to that has made a monumental difference in my vibration and my connection with my higher self and my guides has been Heather at um, Breath of Like Reiki. And if you haven't done it, I suggest going to her because she is phenomenal. <laughs> so if you haven't tried it, Go to Breath of Life Reiki 1111 at gmail.com. Send her a little message and get this, you guys. If you mention Lorelei, she will give you 25% off. Dude, that is amazing. So if you've been interested in Reiki and you've never done before or maybe you haven't been doing it or whatever, you want to do it again contact Heather at breathoflifereiki1111 at gmail.com or you can go to her IG because that's where everybody is these days. Also breathoflifereiki1111 and on Facebook, same thing, breathoflifereiki. And if you mention Lorelei, L-O-R-E-L-E-I, she will give you 25% off. So now you have no excuse. Go get you some Reiki, y'all, and tell them I sent you and you'll get a little bit of percentage off. All right. Love you guys check it out I'm gonna very quickly check and make sure that your voice is coming through go ahead and say a few things for me Indra hi there Lorelei I'm very happy to be here today and with my fellow Californian here I'm up in the foothills not that far from you mm -mm, no, we are on close. fire watch oh god more <laughs> fire though things are pretty quiet now thank goodness I'm okay with that so I'll open up and introduce you, and then um, and then we will begin. Okay. Okay, let me do this thing. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am Lorelai, and thank you so much for coming back today and being here with me as we uncover more of metaphysics and spirituality. And today I have the amazing honor of talking to Mr. Indra Rinsler, 
who has been involved in spirituality and Vedic astrology and has been studying and sharing Enneagram of personality since 1999. So I'm really excited to talk to him a little bit more about that and how he came to all this in his practice. And welcome to the show, Indra. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you very us. much, Lorelai. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> so tell me how this all started for you. Like when did this whole process begin with your spiritual awakening and how you came to this? Well, I guess uh, when I think about it, I talk about uh, going into the bookstores in Berkeley in 1971. But I would have to say, if I, uh, when I thought about it, that uh, I had the situation that a week after my, I graduated from college, my mother passed of natural causes. And two years later, my father passed of natural causes. And all of a sudden, I had a little bit of money and I was free and uh, and in my early 20s and I moved to California and when I moved to California which I had been already uh, thinking about you know I mean it was not a it was not brand new it wasn't I mean I was already thinking about it and but I was here unencumbered and uh, I didn't have the parental pulls and I could really I remember being thinking about what do I want to do and what I wanted to do was to work on myself. I wanted to grow up, you know, I don't think we thought of it at that time as wake up, but it was, it was more that it wasn't really that I needed to do things in the worldly sense, but I needed to do things in my own sense. Mm -hmm. And I ended up um, uh, starting a commune. I bought a piece of, uh, I bought a house and I invited people to live there, and um, it was the it was the I realized that thin walls are part of the process of being it, people being able to express themselves. Mm. That it wasn't important that people tell other people uh, to tell the other people um, things they were feeling about them, but that it was important for them to say it and that other people could hear it through the walls and that was okay, that was the process. And so mm -hmm. I lived I lived that way for, I don't know, about three years, but I had started uh, going over to the old um, Shambhala bookshop uh, sellers in um, on Telegraph. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I think it was Shattuck in Berkeley, right? Right, uh, three blocks from the university. Mm -hmm. And they had an amazing collection of books that I hadn't seen. Uh, we used to go to Whole Foods, Whole, not Whole Foods, um, Holy, I think it was Holy Foods, mm. uh, something like that. But it was the first natural health food store that I had seen. I was coming from uh, Chicago. I dropped out of graduate school and uh, we became vegetarian quickly. I had been wearing glasses and uh, I stopped wearing those within about six months of being in California. And wow. many, many changes happened uh, from that. So these, these books, spiritual books, astrology books I started reading in 1971. So that was the beginning um, from there. Should I just keep going or? Oh yeah, well, you know, and it's funny just because I, I have a really strong connection with Berkeley as well, just cause that's where my grandfather actually taught at Berkeley. Um, and he lived off of Cragmont with my grandmother 
And so I have very fond memories of being in Berkeley and walking down Telegraph and going into all of the bookshops or bookstores and everything and being close to the university. And funny enough, my my husband actually attended Berkeley for astrophysics. And um, it was really nice. It was like a nice little homecoming when we moved back from Southern California back to the Bay Area and into Berkeley. And getting to be in that space and that place again was very... um, it was very healing for me, like being back in that in Berkeley. <laughs> mm, interesting. It's just a different energetic, I feel, in that in that area. And maybe it's just because I, I loved it. And so coming back to it, it just reminded me of how much I loved being in that area. But I, I, I just I, I was like, oh, he's an, he's a Berkeley guy, too. Like, that's really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was at the time I remember that i mean obviously berkeley this was this was right about the t- this was right after the uh the free speech movement and the and the and the riots and the free uh, the people's park and all that was started i mm-hmm. mean this was a couple of years later but i remember that you'd be in the city at first i was living in the san francisco right. and i remember that you'd go over across Ooh. the bridge and all of a sudden it was warmer and sunny yeah yeah, it's and that really, always had an impression. It's even more when you go through the Caldecott Tunnel, and you get into Orinda, oh, yeah. and it's like in, in in the summertime, it's sometimes like a thirty degree difference. It is unbelievable yeah. how like the weather changes. Actually, it was Orinda where my house was. Oh, so you are very familiar with this. Yeah, fish. We used to go Fish Ranch Road. All these people out there that have no idea what we're talking about. We used to go back way Fish Ranch Road. It was wonderful, and it was all country. My my street was uh, was I don't even think a half built, maybe a third built. And I went there more recently, and it was all all built built up. up. But this was, I mean, this was fifty years ago. So I mean, it was uh, still. it wasn't rural, but we were so young, and everything was everything was different. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I I read these I read these books, and eventually met a woman. Uh, a couple of years later, I met a woman, and uh, we ended up living in Oregon for six years. We ended up starting a restaurant up there. Oh wow! And uh, we started uh, we started meditating. We got involved in a spiritual group that we eventually moved to and lived at for twenty years. A community, a mm. uh, spiritual community, an ashram in Northern California where we raised our family. Mm. And um, I lived a life as a devotee. Uh, mm. A devotee is as a spiritual path is that you have a guru. Mm. And that you have uh, uh, guru buys spiritual family, and uh, you have uh, um, meditations. You have rituals. You have spiritual family. You have uh, discipleship, which means that you you give yourself over to something to something else. And uh, what I knew then was uh, very little compared with what I know now. I lived there 20 years, and uh, it was an incredible initiation. But this whole idea of discipleship isn't really what people do now. You talked about um, starting with a medium, and you got a reading. And and uh, in the last years, um, in this century, 
Um, I, uh, in, 90, uh, in 99, I started going to, when I left the community and I separated and the kids were grown, mm -hmm. um, I started traveling the world and mm -hmm. I spent 20 years traveling. Uh, this last winter I was here with COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, you know, with the COVID, I didn't have COVID. Right. But, yeah. Um, you got strapped to it. It was <laughs> only the second winter that I haven't uh, left the U.S. since 98. Oh my gosh. That must have been a culture so, shock for you, not being in a different area. <laughs> well, you know, it was a little different after so much traveling. But to tell you the truth, it was it was my time to to stay put, mm -hmm. and um, and I was really happy with that. And we really enjoyed. We've gotten into projects. We have a two acre place, and we gotten into because we were traveling uh, almost half the year. Um, we did maintenance, but we didn't really do projects and. Um, we, we, um, my wife was, uh, last week making, uh, she has a big juicer out on the counter and we have a big tray where we put our fruit. And I said, well, maybe we could move the fruit and then you'd have more space. So we moved the fruit and she had more space and we realized that she needed a better plug. So we took, we had a, a plug that we could plug into the socket and then have three plugs. Oh, wow. And we've been living here eight years, <laughs> and we never did that before. <laughs> we never thought of it before. And so... That's and so funny. So, it took COVID to realize you needed the... Like, yeah, but that's the kind of thing... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that's been happening. And, and I want to say um, that... Um, this stuff happens at any age, at any time, to be able to, uh, to you know, your mundane stuff, you may work on in your 20s, on who you are, and how you're going to live, and where you're going to live, but then, you know, in your 70s, you know, you realize, hey, I need a shelf here, and, uh, and we cleaned out the tool room in the winter sometime, and that was wonderful, and God, did that feel good, and we never did that stuff before, but there were things that we had never really thought of because it was working and then and then it changed it was it was uh i want to take it back to it's a spiritual experience because you're 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 being with the flow and all of a sudden there's the and there's no i'm an idiot and why didn't i do it before and i mean we already had it one of my phrases is is that the solution is there is already there waiting for the problem so mm -hmm. we had this thing but we never thought to plug it in to actually, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it was sort of, it's because the plug was used, it's the phone and the internet. And so now we oh. don't have to unplug the internet in order to use the socket. Oh my God. <laughs> and, 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 and you say, why is this guy rambling on about such small stuff? But the, but the spiritual path becomes these small things. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the attitude you have when you, when you walk past someone that you have a, an opinion about you know that that uh, should work uh, comb their hair uh, wrong outfit uh, whatever it is you know when we have an opinion and a judgment it's the it's the it's not the it's not the years it's the minutes yes. the, the years will take care of themselves it's mm -hmm. the minutes it's the moment on how you react and so yes. um, and so this opportunity to slow down and to have the world take a two-year seclusion is uh, it's really a a, 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 a a dream come true. Yes. That, uh, yeah, that, that a lot of people have left the planet and there's an incredible amount of hate and 
separation and polarity hardness happening all over the world but in the same hand um um there are an incredible amount of waking and and people who have taken this opportunity because they have nothing else. Yes. I have a, a young client that I've worked with in India. She's a young Chinese lady. Uh, uh, I think she's about 30. Yeah, she's going to be 30 in a couple of weeks. And she's mm-hmm. stuck in the, the island on Thailand. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I gave her a bunch of uh, another reading, third, third reading and... Uh, you know, talk to her, and now she realizes uh, she wanted to go back to China. She's feeling her mom, and she can't really do that. It's a 28 day uh, uh, quarantine, quarantine in China. Oh, wow. And, and, and she can't really leave the island. She can't travel Thailand much now. They're up to 20,000 cases a day. And, oh, God. and to have her make peace with the situation that she's in, um, and then realize that, that, that this is. Uh, this is this is this is the divine blessing us, mm-hmm. not hurting us, yes. not limiting us. It's yes. it's our it's our immaturity. It's our it's our uh, it's our e- coming from our ego, thinking that that we know better, that things are supposed to be a certain way, that uh, that uh, what's wrong with this? I'm supposed to start a podcast and my machine doesn't work. What's going on? You know. <laughs> It's like my constant state. Supposed to start a podcast, but maybe I'm supposed to let go of doing the podcast today, and maybe uh, it'll work tomorrow. You know, we never know what the lessons are. Yes, and you know, I wanted to touch on that. I really enjoyed what you said about you know, it isn't just about the bigger things because everything is accumulation of the smaller things. I mean, even just in our thought process, which is, I feel a lot of people don't take that into consideration and that could be just emotional intelligence but a lot of times we don't take into consideration the small things that we're saying to ourselves every single day and even if it is just you know a plug that you're trying to replace and it's not really on your you know spectrum of things that you need to get done in that day it's how you handle each thing that may be seemingly like meaningless it's just sort of like a mundane task but it's in those tasks that accumulate into how you're actually responding to the bigger things you know and a lot of people don't take that into consideration. They just see like the bigger things and they don't really understand why things are falling apart in the way that they are until they realize that, you know, they're forced into seeing how they respond even just to the smaller things. And I feel like that's where COVID is really made a like totally as messed like messed with everybody because it's forcing us into this yin energetic where everybody has to introspect. You have to look at everything that you're doing in your life and you have to sit in yourself and really just be in your emotionality and understand what your emotionality is and why it is the way that it is. And I think for a lot of people, that is very um, frustrating and really hard. And it's probably the best thing that can happen for, I mean, anybody really. <laughs> so falling apart is a is a is a value is a is a it's a value it's a it's a judgment mm. you know that, that things are falling apart they're actually coming together they're falling apart because we've been holding them together 
for a while and they needed to fall apart perhaps years before you know the marriage that finally falls apart i asked people uh but when did you know and uh, you know the first week uh <laughs> six years later you know the yeah. you know three years ago you know when you know it's it's like you know it, it's so falling apart is, is 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 our value judgment based on uh, a story that 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 we're not it's supposed to stay together and it's supposed to be that way we 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 hold back what the divine is trying to give us mm -hmm. shouting at us sometimes. yeah i mean it, it couldn't be more clear but yet we still persist and resist and i think that's a huge message for the divine right now is that we need to be in a place of allowance in order to receive the things that we're so desperately needing you know and it's like i think that there needs to be a differentiation between what we want and what we need because a lot of the time you know i think of the rolling stones song because <laughs> yeah. because it's a great example of that right you're not always yeah. going to get what you want but if you try you're going to get what you need <laughs> so this allowance this is openness it's not really we allow we don't actually allow that's giving ourselves power mm -hmm. uh, that we don't really have it's just that we're open to it and i can't go back going back to that plug for a minute i i, I want people to understand the joy of that simple we put the plug in and now look you can you you don't have to fuss with the internet and you can you got two other options and you can plug in two things at the same time and mm -hmm. it's a it's a simple pleasure that us us old guys, you know, we go, look, look what we did, you know, look what they, excuse me, look what the universe gave us and look what we made out of it. You know, it's, it's, uh... yeah, I love that. And it's a simple thing, but it makes such a huge difference in your everyday life. And I feel like there's a bigger message with that, even though it's like you said, it's seemingly kind of like small, but there is a big thing that comes with that. You know what I mean? Um, so let's talk a little bit about your astrology work. So what got you into that and what what do you do with it right now so uh yeah i mean i was mathematical as a kid i wasn't so wordly oriented and and it's actually shifted in the last few years i've become writing the writing was always going to be a final thing and the fact that i wasn't the writer and didn't really appreciate words was not ever a stopping for me other than I didn't do it very well, but the time has come now. So the writing and the numbers left, but the astrology at first, I think was numbers. And I, and I studied it. We studied it uh, with my wife until, um, for about three or four years and we did it together and we got up to a page in a book and it was, it was the end of the book and it said, okay. So it sort of said, well, here you can check this and check that. And you're on your own and i never really knew what to do with that and i kind of that's when this spirituality became very strong and we uh, uh started traveling to this community and being part of it and offering satsangs gatherings mm -hmm. in this particular work and then um and then uh move forward to uh, the mid 90s uh so 20 years later now i've raised the, the kids are in, you know, almost raised and um, my community, which had uh, 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 it was an Indian, uh, India, Indian teacher mm -hmm. 
and uh, the community had uh, Vedic astrology, Vedic astrology is astrology of India. Mm -hmm. And so we had a lot of uh, Vedic energy. And in 95, I had a good friend who was starting to be a, a Vedic uh, teacher, mm -hmm. not a teacher, but a, a, a do readings for people. And I said, oh, well, I'm really interested in astrology, but I'm not really interested in it so much to... Um, to do Vedic, and I'm not really interested so much in getting back with it. And so that went on like that for about four years. I had a reading with this fellow. I was, uh, my, my, uh, our, our relationship was uh, breaking up. We had kind of put in our 25 years and kind of learned what we could. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, it was changed. And the kids were pretty almost, grow, uh, you know, from out of college to almost into college, and that was sort of set. And um, so I had a a uh, a new friend, actually one of my wife's new friends, and her best buddy recommended that I go to a Enneagram of Personality weekend. Yeah, and uh, up in Ashland, which is a nice town too. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about West Coast towns. Love and and also a center like Berkeley. So mm -hmm. so I went up to this class and uh, loved it, and uh, I teach it and share it from there. That's over twenty years now. And during the weekend, um, on Saturday we had a Friday night opening, and then Saturday maybe two classes on Saturday. And then during the class, I said to myself, uh, you know, this kind of reminds me of astrology. Hmm. that I don't know what it is, but that Enneagram, which is a, um, a, a is sort of considered a psychological tool, that there are nine personality types, mm -hmm. and that we have one of them at our core, and that it is while we take on other personas when we're in relaxation and when we're stressed, and as a coping strategy, we take on other uh, uh, personalities. And if we're not very secure in ourselves, we may merge with other people and we'll pick up their personalities. Mm -hmm. There are personalities that don't really know themselves very well. So they look in school, they look to how others dress in order to figure out how they should dress. Okay. And so in this weekend, I realized I, I, the, the, there was a, a thought occurred that, that Enneagram and astrology are connected. Mm-hmm. And then later on that same day, there was a really strong uh, thought within me that I want to share this, which was a little bit like your podcast yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, experience. So that I want to share this, that there was a particular part of astrology, which is the Mahadashas, the great periods mm -hmm. that we have, that there is a teaching in Vedic astrology, but it's not really in Western, that, that, that each planet has a time uh, when it is the most important planet in our life. It's a 120-year cycle, so we don't have the whole cycle. Wow. But based on the, the, the placement of our moon when we're born, that we, that we are born into a particular planetary period, and they go in a particular order, mm -hmm. and so we jump into wherever, wherever that moon is. And this was something that I really felt that I wanted to share along with Enneagram and astrology. Now I have to tell you that there are the the there are while this has been talked about a little bit, basically the astrologers are really into astrology and they don't give much energy to the Enneagram. And the Enneagram people think that astrology is uh, a pseudoscience and really not worth any time. So I spent many years on Facebook groups trying to express uh, 
the value in both, which mm -hmm. I don't do so much anymore. But what happened in 99 that there were, you know, other than the possibility of a one-to-one -one that, 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 uh, that the, the, the nine types, they have names, but they also have numbers, so that maybe a, a seven, so each one is a planet, you know, that one is a Saturn and two is moon and three is, you know, da-da-da-da. And, and there, while there's not, there is some agreement on that, there's not a lot of agreement, but that isn't really the system. Okay. What actually ended up happening is within three months, so I, found, I met a, a man that weekend who then I started hang, hung, hanging with a little bit, and um, he knew a guy who had a system, mm -hmm. and he was this my friend, the uh, not the teacher, which I'm going to get to, yeah. but the friend was one of only three people that knew what this guy did and where he was. He was a hermit, and he was living in while he had been California based. He was living in Hawaii, and he was actually living the time I talked to him first talked to him, he was living in a mile from somebody that I knew very well that I could stay with. Mm -hmm. And so I got on the phone with him and I said, I hear you have a system. And he said, yeah. He said, I'm interested in learning about that system. And he said to me, you're a seven. That's the Enneagram talk. I said, I said, yeah. Oh, I said, yeah. how do you know that? He said, I could tell by the by your voice by by the way you speak and i Dude. said because at the point it was only by a series of questions yeah that you could figure out somebody's enneagram type because at that time we were not taught that it's a it's a body energy that there's a that there's a vibration yeah, there was this there was uh, talking types there was kinds of personalities but it wasn't something that i could uh, that i could recognize physically right which is what he ended up teaching me but uh, I said, wow, you can tell Enneagram types by, by voices? He said, yeah. I said, well, I want to learn that. He said, okay. So we had about a 15 or 20-minute conversation. And I called him back uh, four or five days later and said, I want to come on September such and such. And I'm going to stay for two weeks. And then I'm going to fly to India from there. Wow. And I had always that in April, this was... This was now uh, talking to him in July, and I was going to meet him in September. Mm -hmm. And and in April, if you'd have said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go to India, and I want to go to Kauai. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't really let myself do that. But now here, by the end of July, I had a reason to go to, to Kauai, mm -hmm. which is where he was living. Yeah. And I had a reason to go to India. And... Um, everything was in place. So he was the most um, uh, esoteric man I probably I've ever met in a lifetime of esoteric people. Mm -hmm. and, and and being in India a lot and meeting a lot of people in India, and he taught me the system of how Enneagram and astrology work together. And it's not a one-to-one -one because we're more complex than than one-to-ones. We, um, we are a combination of... of uh, different factors that we can be extroverted in some ways and we can be introverted and shy in other ways mm -hmm. we can we can get on stage in front of 200 people and sing a song we've never practiced but we can maybe have trouble saying to somebody that we know really well that i love you those three words can be can be blocked so we have a a lot of uh sometimes very contradictory uh, aspects which are all shown very clearly in the chart and so he showed me the markers for the different types and he taught me things that really took me 10 years 
to really incorporate. It wasn't really 10 years. I mean, I, of course, I started doing readings right away and started sharing it. Yeah. But it re really, on some levels, it was 10 years what he what he taught me. Uh, so we spent two weeks together there, and then I left. And it so happened that he had no plan, but he left the next day. Wow. The, the money he had asked for some money, and the money I gave him, which wasn't very mu wasn't much, was enough for him to get off the island. He had no plan, but all of a sudden he left. Wow. So his life was changed, and eventually we lived across the street from each other. Uh, he moved up to my town, and and we ended up living across the street each other for about a year. And uh, I haven't really seen him in. Um, I think the last correspondence I had was I said I'm really ready to do some teaching and and do writing or whatever it was mm -hmm. you know the the different the teaching uh writing uh doing sessions um it was really hard for me to figure out which one to do but anyways I said I'm really kind of ready to do this and I want to make sure that it's okay that I use what you taught me and he said he said um as long as you don't quote me oh. if you can use anything <laughs> as yours but if you say that Curtis said don't do that. Okay. And I said, okay. And that's, I think that's the last time we communicated. Maybe that was maybe eight or 10, something like that. Mm. I have met a couple of people who have worked with him after that, but that's about it. Mm. Well, so I, I have some questions. So sure. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. So, um, in Vedic astrology, can you like give me an example of how they differentiate from like Western astrology and Okay. So that's easy. So the, okay. the, 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 the um they all came from the Greeks. Okay. Oh, so uh, well not the Greeks, it came from Mesopotamia, the yeah. um Chaldeans. Oh, okay. Six hundred BC. They they went the trade routes, they went to India and they went to Greece. Got it. And Egypt, and uh, so they. So we use the twelve signs. Vedic astrology uses the same twelve signs. Mm -hmm. We use the same. We we uh, we use the same house system, the twelve okay. houses, mm -hmm. and we basically use the same planets. Vedic astrology doesn't use the outer planets, but it basically uh, because it wasn't a, they weren't found when people were doing Vedic astrology. I still don't use the outer planets because I find them to be generational. Mm. They're slow moving. And um, for what I want to do is to help people to wake up. They're, they're more generational. They're not individually oriented. Mm. And so I find them to be a little noisy in order for the work that I do with astrology. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, they're they're um, confusing because they are, they pull our energy away from the, the core that, you know, like Mer Mercury, like the like sun and moon as luminaries are very unusual. Uh, planet, we call them planets, uh, and Mars and Mercury and Venus are very close and they're very unique that way. And Jupiter and Venus are big, but they're close enough to really affect us in longer term ways. But the outer planets, they tend to be smaller in size and they're and they're more generational. So, so the big difference. Uh, so, so the 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 meaning of the houses and the meaning of the planets and the meaning of the signs is a little bit is a little bit different. But the fact is that the Western astrologers don't agree with the Western astrologers, and the Vedic astrologers don't agree with the Vedic astrologers. <laughs> and so the fact that if the Western or the Vedics don't agree, it's really who cares. And yeah. So it's really I caught it's a little bit like organic gardening. As long as you don't use pesticides, you can do whatever you want. If you want a steak, steak. If you want to let it lay on the ground, lay lay on the ground. If you want to put it in, if you want a succession 
plant succession plant if you you know if you if you cage it if you cage it or you grow it and and put green uh, plastic around it and make a greenhouse in the spring that's okay you can do whatever you want to do so that's my attitude towards astrology now here's the big difference okay the cast is chart the, the chart is cast slightly different okay. there are 24 degrees difference because Western astrology is the the chart is cast uh, with tropical time. Mm. It's based on the relationship between the sun and the earth, and that is seasons. And so Aries zero is March twenty first every year. Right. But in Vedic astrology, we we take a longer, a, a bigger view where we we're on the earth and we look at the sun and then we look at the sky behind the sun mm -hmm. and the fact is is that every year the sky behind the sun is slightly different because the sun is moving through the the solar system is moving through the universe mm -hmm. the whole solar system is moving through the universe right right the whole uh, milky way is moving through the universe and so the sky is different behind and it's it, it has a 24 to 26,000 year cycle called the precession of the equinox and so we take into a <clears throat> we take into account where the planets actually are, and so the two systems were the same about 500 BC, which is when these were uh, this was developed, and so we use sidereal time, star time. It's uh, one degree every 72 years, so we are now 24 degrees difference. And so if you think of yourself as a Leo moon, uh, excuse me, a Leo sun, chances mm -hmm. are that you're actually a Cancer uh, sun. Wow. Unless you're at the 24 to 30 degrees in that sign, you change signs. And so people's uh, rising signs will move, the moon, the moon and the sun will move, uh, everything moves 24 degrees, and it's a little bit of a, of a warp for some people. Some people say, yep, that's me, and other people say, I don't understand it. Right. What happens is, quite often, is, is that you may think of yourself as a Leo because your sun's there, but the fact is, is that your Mars is in Leo huh. in sidereal time, it's and sidereal. it's actually about your doing, and it's about your action. Yeah. It's not actually about your sun, which is more self-oriented. It's actually about what you do. Right. So I say, is your sun... Is your Leo energy actually about what you do rather than about yourself? Yeah, actually, I'm more, uh, more kind of moony and Cancer, my 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 son. Now that you mention it, yeah. and actually, my doing is more Mars. Is my Mars is more Leo? So mm -hmm. that's the big difference. And and um, I will say that the Indian astrologers agree that it isn't tropical, mm -hmm. but they don't agree on what ground zero is. And there are a few different ayanamchas or changes that uh, the Vedic astrologers use and the one that I use is is not one that a lot of people use I find it to be more accurate and it's it, it's about a degree and a half different than the most popular uh, Vedic ayanamcha and so so my charts will be uh, about a degree and a half which for many people is not really much of a change other than a rising sign number other than the numbers uh, slightly different uh, which isn't a big effect but but for some people it will change some uh, some planets into some different houses it could change a rising sign and, and could have a really important effect right so 
basically, so my son is in Pisces, but in Vedic astrology, because there it's, you know, we're taking into account the Western astrology is like, okay, this is the sun where it was at your, at the moment of your birth. But in Vedic astrology, because there's that behind the sun aspect and the degree of difference, because we're, you know, hurling through the universe <laughs> at incredible speeds there, I could be in a completely different sun sign. Aquarius. It moves backwards. What? That actually makes a lot of sense for me. It's it's kind of it's kind of. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. Welcome to my world. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're Aquarius, Aquarius sun, not a Pisces sun, and so maybe something else moves into Pisces, you know, and so that. That kind of confuses it. I mean, it, it, it confuses it. It also simplifies it. But, yeah. but but it's not about that. The fact is, is that I want to help people to wake up to who they really are. So in order yes. to do that, it's really helpful for me to know what's actually going on yeah. rather than a, 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 a version of what's going on. Yes, I love that. And that's sort of where I feel like I'm at right now, too. Like, I'm not interested in, like you know, oh, this, it could be this. I'm like, what is it really with me? Like, I want to understand what it is with me, you know, so that that way I can make really meaningful change. And, you know, ho however that looks, you know, I, I want to understand what it is about me that I need to understand. So if I may, let me get into, so what I, I ended up offering and this, uh, I want to explain. So I'm 50 years into astrology now. 20, 22 years since I learned the Enneagram, uh, it took me, I've been doing professionally now about eight years. It took me the 12 years since, since I met the Enneagram to, to pull together what I call a life reading. Mm -hmm. And so I take you through three different modalities in the life reading to give you a different perspective. We start with the Enneagram, which is then your, your, personal, your, your personality and what your triggers are. It's who you think you are. It's not who you are, but it's who you think you are. Oh, my God. The, the personality is a strategy to help us to navigate life. And it has a high side and a low side. Yeah. And the nine personalities are important because as a social species, we need those different personalities. Yeah. You, we, need, we need ones who, who feel to be a host on a podcast and learn that. And then we need people who, need, who want to be guests and yeah. are not interested in doing podcasting. <laughs> Understanding that many people, uh, that there are people that do both. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that we have different roles and different viewpoints and we have the we so um so that's the uh, the personality that's the enneagram mm. so then i go to the astrology which is the strengths and weaknesses and uh and uh, the the enneagram is is kind of i call it a uh it's a wide view it gives us a whole um a whole um a name for who we are and it, and it's very specifically about our personality where where astrology i call that that's the track coach it's elbows and knees it's very specific is yeah. that the the enneagram is watching the race you know the 100 meter race but the track coach is elbows and knees in order to get the time down and so and so your mars is this and your venus is that and this is debilitated and that's exalted and it's in this house and it's this combination it's the it's the the old clue game that most uh, I find most people re remember the old clue game that we used to play when I was kids, when yeah. I was a, even when I was a kid. So so the Colonel Mustard did it in the living room with the candle. So the <laughs> the, the, the 
the the the planet is the how it's it's like a, a, a verb it's action the 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 that's the uh, that's Colonel Mustard the mm-hmm. the candlestick is the um, is the sign that's the that's an adjective it's a quality of energy mm-hmm. that's the how and the where is the is the where the living room is the house mm-hmm. that's like a noun it's a it's an object it's a place in our life and so we it's this combination in astrology it's this combination of 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 uh, uh, planets and signs and and um, houses that we have to make a we put it on our palette and we have to make a picture out of that. This is what a, reading a chart is, is that you have to take three separate energies and you have to make it into one story. Mm. And so the third modality is, um, <clears throat> I call, it's called the wheel of totality. And it's a, it's the, it's a, it's a, it's the blind spots of life. It's the empty houses that we don't talk about in astrology. Ooh. And so each house has an awareness but if we don't have a planet there, it being an empty house, and that when that that awareness is kind of a blind spot, and uh, we start working on our blind spots in the late 40s and 50s, oh. and why that is is because in the 20s and 30s we're mostly working on our ego, yeah. and if I say to a 20 year old you need to open your heart, they're going to say no, I don't. <laughs> And if you say that to a 50-year-old, they're going to say, you know what, I really need to do that. You're the fourth person this week that's told me that. Yeah. How do I do it? Yeah. So that's the difference between between this youthful idea. So in the, the blind spots, then, is the how to achieve our, our, highest, uh, our highest being. Right. And that's sort of where I'm at, I feel like. How do I achieve this highest being of myself? And I love the concept of it being like the layers of an onion. You know what I mean? You're peeling back like the outer layer and then you're trying to see what is in the most inner parts of yourself and understanding it is information. So that way you can make more meaning out of what your purpose is and what you are supposed to be doing on this planet. Because I feel like everybody has some purpose and some meaning to being here, you know, whether it be something as simple as being, you know, just a gardener or, you know, a podcaster or a guest. (laughs) But, you know, to being like somebody who changes, you know, an entire consciousness you know what i mean changing and coming to elevate the vibration of humans you know what i mean like it's there's there's so much that there is to understand and i i love that astrology you can go into so much depth of information about each individual person and it was funny i remember um I remember talking to a coworker of mine and um, I asked her because she had asked some questions about, you know, card readings because I do a lot of tarot. Um, And she had said, well, yeah, I would love to have a reading, but I'm pretty boring. Like, I don't think you're going to come up with much. And I was kind of like, you'd be really surprised (laughs) what comes up. Sounds like a debilitated son. Right, Right. And what's funny with her is that she is her sun moon and rising are all the same zodiac sign they're all virgo which i thought was really interesting like so that's a bit of a problem is that when sun and moon together the 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 the, the, we call this the moon is combust with the sun and i found that uh, sun and moon together is new moon oh wow and i found that almost all the people then their moon is 
their moon is combust, so their their emotional side is not very well matured, and they and they're overcompensate in being really strong sun. There are I met one, I had one client who was stronger moon than it than sun, but usually it's a stronger sun, mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a it's a difficult position because it's it's like having a single parent. It's like yeah. if there are two parents. They're in reality there are two parents, but the fact is it feels like it's one parent because they're they're on top of each other, and it's really hard to di- differentiate the energy. Mm-hmm. So so when you go to your son, uh, when I say go to your son, then it means is that you're going to your sense of self. You're going to your to your uh, self security within yourself. You're going to your self expression. Right. And go to your moon means you go to your sensitivities and your and the low side, your uh, emotional side. And and you can't easily do that because they're they're and and when you have any planets that are conjunct, they affect each other. They 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 uh, debilitate. And I don't mean debilitated in the sense of. Uh, of a of a astrology, but they but they hinder each other because they 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 go up together and they go down together, and mm-hmm. so they become a unit. It's like it's like the parent who has, uh, you know, two or three kids, and it's like you know they all get dragged. You know, mm-hmm. if one gets dragged, they all get dragged, and so the the planets are that way. And what happens is is that we go. Uh, my particular philosophy is that that we have high sides uh, and low sides. There's neither good. There's nothing as good or bad in any of the all of the planet signs and houses they're all neutral but we are affected when when say a fiery planet is in a watery sign that that's difficult that's debilitated that is it's harder to feel the energy it's hard to to and it's and you compensate for that energy that that we feel a, a, a warble in our universe we feel a edginess and in and that edginess then we get triggered and then we compensate for our own uh, feelings of lack within us by being too loud or too aggressive or mm-hmm. or or uh, non communication can have yelling mm-hmm. you know like like mm-hmm. communication is just sharing right. but non-communication can be quiet and not saying or it can be yelling your emotions where you are saying but you're not really dealing with what you're feeling you're just releasing that's not communication i know a few people like that <laughs> that just like to yell and not like really deal with the emotionality behind it and maybe that is a a you know a a born in factor but i feel like there's a lot of nurturing that comes into that as well like this is kind of maybe the dynamic that you were born into but you know uh (laughs) people that don't have a planet in seventh house are uh susceptible to conditioning and Mm. so people that have a planet in the seventh house are less susceptible to conditioning so it can be born in but you can also pick it up from your family yeah and in fact, you could not have it from birth, but you can actually manifest it because you because of conditioning, and you identify with it, and you 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 don't uh, you don't release it until you release it, until you release that conditioned story, then you will act that way, not realizing that it isn't actually who you are. Yeah, and I feel like that is a real that I feel like that is part of the work right now is allowing those mm, barriers to kind of strip away so that way you can identify what is self and what is somebody else's energy or somebody else's thought process or conditioning that may be hindering your truth and who you are as an individual. Um, I have a question. So we had mentioned that the, the moon and the sun 
have like this this um, lack of balance in a way, or at least that's how I'm kind of perceiving it. You know, there is a combusting, as you as you put it. What when about, they're conjunct, you mean? Yes, yes. So the the same, right? So if they're the same, there's this kind of like warring that happens, right? Um, what about the rising sign? Like, what if the if you have the same sun and rising? Is there like some sort of a strange thing that happens with that, or is it? I mean, what is that about? Hmm. Okay. So, uh, so what that means is that your sun and your moon are in the first house. Mm-hmm. And so you, from your, from yourself, then you have your, your male, your, your, your male side, your initiative side with the sun, and you also have your sensitivity. And so I think that, um, I don't, it's not, it, it, it's, it's mostly about, it's not actually, it doesn't really change much. But the fact is, is then your personality then has this moon-sun energy connected with it. And oh. so it could be that you then have, you project out to people that I don't really know who I am or that I am, that I am, um, that I am both, mm. you know, it's, they could be hydro, maybe those are people that become hydrogenous mm. in their, in their gendering, you know, I'm not really up on this so much, but, but they may <laughs> feel a, a sort of a neutrality about their gendering, uh, because it's in their, because it's in their rising sign. It's just the rising sign. is just a, a house like any, anything else. And so it's just, a it's just a, it will just reflect the, the, from that energy in that house that sun and moon will be about your rising, your personality, your, your self-initiation, rather than if it was in the 10th house, it would be around your career. If it was in the 7th house, it'd be around your relationship. If it was in the 5th house, it'd be around your creativity. So it's not, um, it's yeah. not as a big deal as it would be if it was your sun and moon being in the same yeah, I don't think it would be much. I guess it would be a little bit different, is because you don't really have a separate rising sign. It's it's a little bit like like being a twin or a triplet that you just don't you you're just in life where you where you don't have uh, your own a, a sense of own you, you uh, um, uh, like uniqueness. You have to work at a sense of identity that yeah. you've got a connectedness mm-hmm. that you will always have, and so that's the first house. It's just another little ripple in the universe. It's just, <laughs> You can make it a big deal or you can make it no none of a deal. It's kind of nice to have a separate because then you've got a little bit of a of a of a of a first house of a rising sign, which is which has got a different planetary energy there. But if it's all connected, you know, it's like the stellium, which is three or four or more planets in the same house, whatever house that is, is it's 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 it becomes like a first house. We can recast the chart of a stellium as the house because I had a. I had a, a client recently who had an eighth house uh, stellium, uh, eighth house of transformation, and she she related to everybody through their transformation. Oh wow! Through their transformation, because her stellium in her eighth house of transformation is is that how she relates to life, and mm-hmm. so really uh, for her, I recast her chart as a as the eighth house as the first house and and played that chart out for her too because wow. it was it's a it's a energy that's part of her as that's part of her is this is this clear 
Yes, I actually I wanted to understand a little bit better what a stellium is because you're I've, I've never heard of that. So before. a stellium is uh, three or four planets conjunct, and um, it's not. Some people don't use the outer planets. I certainly wouldn't use asteroids. I don't use the outer planets anyways. Mm. So so any three planets that are in the same house, we call it a stellium, and it's really a center of energy. It becomes so centered, it's it's it becomes so so large in your thinking that it becomes like a first house. It's like a self house oh. because you rotate from that house. Interesting. It's almost like kind of like a little black hole. <laughs> well, Sorry. You know, we are a combination of black holes. Yeah, you know? right. We are a combination of situations that are, you know, some of them are really difficult. I had the situation for people that have really challenging charts. I mean, there's no good or bad, but there are definitely people that have more challenging charts than other people. And so my positive nature, uh, uh, my positive outlook as a, as a seven in the Enneagram says, well, how can I make, uh, you know, soup out of this? compost and so what i say is is that the, the per that what what the value of that is is that once you overcome this this challenge then you can teach it and share it with other people that you've been given this challenge in order to be able to work through it and then be able to share it with other people got it so just out of curiosity what was your most difficult chart that you've had to make because I've, I've never heard of anybody being like well this is a this is crazy like what would be your like this this chart is really oh my god like <laughs> just out of curiosity yeah i i don't really know but i tell you the stelliums the stelliums in the 12th house can be difficult because the because they, they they're not very grounded at all of course mm. depends on the particular planets i think at this point um you know there are some chat uh, cha uh, uh, uh planets you know you ask me the third you know, what about if they're all together? So I have to kind of go within mm. and I kind of have to feel it, you mm. know, that, that the, the astrology really came from feeling that the astrology that I do is not my own. It was given to me. Yes. And and the, the fact was, so what have I done? I've been opened. Mm. I love that. Yes. So so that's the, the fact is, so I have to go within. And so, yeah, there are some charts when I first look at it. But it's very interesting is, is that I look at a chart and I'll go through I'll spend about a minute or, well, I may spend a few minutes with them. I may look at them a couple of times. I look at them when I draw them up and then send them over. And then, you know, before the, the reading, I'll, I'll sit with it a few minutes and I'll kind of think of a place. But then, and then I'll say, well, I don't really know how, I don't really know what I'm going to say. And I don't really know, look, that's so-and-so's and so-and-so -and -so with so-and-so. And I wonder how that plays out. And uh, I play a lot of games with what I wonder what Enneagram type they are because he taught me to, he, he told me 21, 22 years ago, Curtis said that I can, 85% of the time I can see people's Enneagram in their charts. Now understand that, that uh, uh, nobody does that today yeah. yeah and that and even the idea of it is offensive to many people in oh, the anagram wow. world to be able to predict such a thing <laughs> and so i will sit there kind of wondering how it plays out and so my point was is that when i get in front of the person then it all starts to fit together and then i go through the charge and i go through the chart in a way i go planet by planet and then or house by house and then i start seeing some uh, the word patterns come up and I yeah. wouldn't, it's a pattern of energy, not so much, it's not so much patterns of, uh, 
things start coming together for me and then I sort of get a wholeness from the chart that I didn't that I may have had before I looked at it or or I may not have it kind of depends yeah on who on what it is some charts some charts you feel really close to because they have some similarities to you quite often I'll say I had the same thing you know the sun and seventh I have that or empty 511 I have that or you know um I have planets on the right side of the chart, that's galactic gases, and I have the left side empty, that's the mundane side of the chart, so I can understand those people uh, pretty well. They, they, they really understand galactic gases, but they don't do so well in the physical plane. It's not that, the, it's not that they don't do well, but it's just not their bailiwick, and so they may be successful, but they may not, I call it social graces, they may be parts of the mundane, it may be difficult for them to find places to live or know what their career is or or feel uh, like they belong here, that they're like they're here even, mm. because they don't have any planets on the left side, so I can kind of relate to that. So so it's uh, it's really with the, with the people that, that the chart, uh, with the client and the chart actually becomes more alive. Interesting. So do you find that now you are able to see or, or from that energetic perspective when you get in front of somebody and you're talking to them, do you find you're able to um, feel their Enneagram number like your friend once did to you? Well, yes. Um, I would say that I've actually kind of gone through the other side is that I'm not so much thinking about Enneagram anymore. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I had a client yesterday and uh, I thought she was a six and mm -hmm. she... She took the test uh, without going. At the end, she told me that she had taken the test, and uh, she had come up with uh, it's a it's the two three paragraph. It's it's three paragraphs that you have to choose between, and they're two sections. Oh, okay. A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z. So she gave me two in each that could be possibilities. And so the possibilities that she gave me, based on the, the lettering, was a 2, 6, uh, 7, and 8. Now, I didn't think she was a 7 and an 8. Okay. And I had thought in the reading that she was a 6. And so I told her the 6 story, and she said, no, that's not me. But so when, she, so I said, are you the 2? You know, I went through that, and she said, no. So when she said that, then I could figure out that she was the one. I said, are you a perfectionist? And she yeah. said, yes. So uh, then I knew that if she wasn't the two of the six, then she was the one. So I kind of knew. And so, yes, I will kind of think, I will kind of, but I kind of have gotten to a place in the last couple of years where I finally kind of let it go, and I don't walk down the street thinking about Enneagram numbers anymore. I spent a long time doing that. Yeah. And, uh, yes, yeah, sometimes I can, I can predict uh, well, I can I can get it, and sometimes, actually, what I will do more often is I will pick up on people's uh, where they're at now. So if they're mm -hmm. stressed, I'll pick up their stress sign. Yeah. And if people are and if people are uh, relaxed, then I might pick up their relaxed sign. Or if they're they're agitated in their coping strategy, I'll pick up what they're radiating. I won't pick it up at their core, but my teacher could pick it up on the core. My teacher was um, clairvoyant mm -hmm. and. Uh, omniscient and whatever they were he, he could hear everything that's why he was a hermit he could see everything he was intuitive there were no secrets so wow so um, he could see in a way and and interestingly enough I think you might enjoy this and people yeah. out there might enjoy this is that you could do the same when you were with him oh my god that's that's amazing like <laughs> 
Yeah, Which well, that's not why. so amazing that when you're, well, I mean, it is amazing, but the fact is, is that when you're with, when you're around people's energy that, like, if you're with an artist, uh, then you suddenly paint better, and if you're hanging out with good musicians, then you play music better, and yeah. if you're, and if you, you know, you read, you know, Walt Whitman, all of a sudden your poetry gets better, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's why you want to hang out with spiritual people. You want to hang out with what you're trying to adapt. But the fact was that everybody was more intuitive when they were around him. Wow. And I guess that makes sense why he kind of wanted to be tucked away. Because, absolutely, you know, in order to work on yourself and feel, you know, like you're you know, doing the things that you need to do for yourself, you can't really be around other people and sort of take on that energy and share and do all that sort of thing. Cause I, I imagine it's pretty exhausting. Well, actually, I think what it was is that it was like the, it's like hearing all the noise, everybody's inner voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think it's that everybody's inner story is radiating to you. And so you need to get away from it. So you don't hear it. It's not about working on yourself. It was about uh, just, just being in a as a nine he he needs uh harmony and so mm-hmm. he needed peace with inside mm-hmm. and so in order to do that he had to he was much better at being separate interesting i think i remember taking um the enneagram like i think it was maybe earlier on in the year and i can't remember what i got <laughs> Like it's just. But you say that just to frustrate me, huh? I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Would you like me to go through it a little bit, and then in the process, I can tell about what the how the enneagram works because we talked about the houses, and I didn't talk about how they work together. And so, so they basically uh, is that okay to yeah. go into that a little bit? Yes, okay. please. So, I would love that. So the idea is that there are there are three core instincts that we work at, or set sell or centers of intelligence Mm -hmm. that is anger Mm -hmm. and fear and emotion Mm -hmm. and the emotion types are the are the uh are also the image types Mm -hmm. so the the two three and four are the are the image or emotion at the core they have all we have all three of those but one of them is at our core and so uh the the five six and seven are the fear types and the eight nine and one are the anger types the anger core, and we talked about it. Nine eleven. The anger types got angry. The fear types got afraid, and the image types thought that they had caused it. Oh wow! Oh my god! And and so each each of the each of the groupings has there's a reaction towards energy coming toward us. Mm-hmm. So the there are three reactions, and these are tri- these are all triads. Mm-hmm. This is an important concept: a triad of threes of things. Uh, phenomena is triads, and the enneagram is full of them. And and uh, and beta and astrology has triads too. Yes. Yep. Okay. So um, so the there are people that go toward it. Those are the more extroverted towards energy. There are people that pull back from it. Those are introverted. Uh-huh. And there are those that live in a neutral space. They can be both extroverted and introverted. They we call them neutral, but it's an actively neutral. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it as as looking out from a fort. That they're kind of. Uh, they're checking out things, uh, but laying back to kind of see how the land, how, how the how the thing works out. And so, um, so then each of these anger, each of the anger points has a uh, outward, which is the, for anger, it's eight. That's the boss. The inward, which for anger is the one. That's the perfectionist. And the neutral, which is the nine. 
that is the mediator, mm. the nine. So each each grouping has for the two, for the for the image and emotion. The two is the outward. That's the helper. The three is the neutral. That's the producer. And the four is the inward. That is the the um, the individualist. Mm. And then the um, the image for the for the fear types. The five is the um, inward. That's the observer. The six is the loyalist. That's the neutral. And the seven is the enthusiast. That's the outward. Mm. And this is the beginning of a arc of a archetype. Uh, fear inward. Fear outward. Uh, anger inward and so um, and so Enneagram is based on nine and astrology is based on 12 so what's the difference between nine and 12 well they are the same they're both mathematical frequencies and uh, what is the difference is is that they are different frequencies they have a different harmony and so so nine is three times three three is a triad it's a it's more of a freer energy, and it's uh, four is uh, uh, astrology is three times four. The mm -hmm. the uh, the signs are uh, fire, earth, air, and water is four. The modalities are cardinal, fixed, immutable. That's three. Three times four. Four is more rigid to me. It's it's a it's an ordering. You know, four bases. Um, uh, I can't think of the other fours right at the moment, but uh, the four, uh, the four uh, truths—is that what they call that book? The four truths. Oh yeah. Uh, what was it? <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I I feel like the my my friend Robin is the one that introduced that book to me, and I was like, okay, so uh, so the idea yeah. of four has a has an orderliness to it, a diamond, you know. Yeah. A, a, a a, 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 a a triangle is is it's just okay. a different energy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so that's the that's the difference between them. But the fact is, is that they're both typing systems. They both they both have roots, ancient roots. Even though the Enneagram of personality is is very new, uh, Gurdjieff brought the Enneagram to us a hundred years ago, and he said he got it. Well, he never told us where he got it. He he. It was either a ancient mystical teaching or it was something that he invented we don't know it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. but there is uh there is some night there the, the the egyptians had enads which were nine gods and they had a a couple of palettes of nine gods and and so um and so so the question then is uh to you then are you ang do you have at your core anger fear or image are you concerned with how things look and how what other people think Oh my God, there's so much to process with that. Like, I, <laughs> I'm like, what do I like perseverate on? I'm not entirely sure. I feel like I kind of do with all the things in some fashion, in some way, shape, or form. But so, are are you a do you um, are you a, a mediator? Do you is your um, inner harmony based on the harmony outside you? Hmm. I feel like at times it is, but I feel like a lot of it has to do with a, an inner perspective for myself. You know. So you do you do you accommodate other people? Yeah, I tend to do that. So you're probably that. a nine. So what mm -hmm. are these questions that geared towards the nine? That's uh, that's the anger neutral, and so you hold back your anger, mm -hmm. and when you release your anger, you release it days later, and it's not about what actually happened. Yeah. And so I use the example of your mate says to you, "Well, where do you want to go eat?" and you say. 
I don't care, honey, wherever you want to go. And he says, hey, I want to go back and have uh, Chinese again. And you say, okay. But the fact is the Chinese never works in your stomach. Mm. And three days later, you're pissed off at your kid or your dog because your stomach is still upset because you went and ate Chinese food again because you didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't, you create, try to create harmony mm. by giving up of yourself. Yeah which is not the way to create harmony. The way to create harmony is to, is to communicate from your, from your own needs. You yes. have to be in yourself. That's the nine story. They just have to love themselves. They have to come into themselves, into their own story and not trying to accommodate other people. Yeah, it's like this concept of trying to be agreeable. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I, I can go with it. You know what I mean? Even though inside I'm like, I really don't feel like doing this. And I think I'm learning how to be um, more truthful in what it is that I actually need and being like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm being okay with that instead of, you know, just allowing other people to be like, oh, I just, let's just do it because I want to do this. And, you know, I need to be more assertive in like what it is that I need and want in the situation. So instead of going and having Chinese food again, come up with a different option, <laughs> you know? So the option in your in your 20s and early 30s is, is that you want to be agreeable because you don't want to rock the boat. But right. after a while, at you at turn it, uh, at 35 is the turn that's the height of arrogance after that you realize that you're basically giving up your own power that in your agreeableness you're actually what you what's really happening is is that you you're creating a disharmony within yourself that after a while the seesaw tips and you can't handle that anymore so in the late 30s and early 40s then you start standing up for yourself and you realize that being agreeable means that i put myself that I put, well, you don't have to be, put yourself first, but at least put yourself on the list and you say, look, I can't do Chinese again. What's your next choice? Yes, yes. And that's exactly and it. May, and it may not be it may not be till later. And, uh, and I'm and I'm just I'm not predicting this. This isn't the judgment, but it may come as a later stage where you say, look. I want to go try that new. Re I want to go try that new. um uh, Mongolian restaurants. That Let's like do that, Let's do buddy. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that really does sound like something I would say too. Let's go do that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Mongolian food. There's actually a really great, great place in Oakland and in Berkeley called uh, Burma Superstar. And like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Mongolian food. Mongolian food. So I went to Mongolia. You did? Of course you oh, yeah. did, Indra. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so tell I us. So when I was traveling these years, I, I didn't tell you that I was a, a trader, that I did, uh, I sold handicrafts, you oh, know, awesome. to these Berkeley stores, you know, all over the way. I traveled in my, my VW van. I was uh, starting in um, 2000. I didn't get back. I, I, that trip was in 99. And then in 2000, I started selling. And at the height, I had over 200 stores. We went out the whole West Coast and we went out to uh, Colorado and Utah and we did Arizona. And we had uh, so I, I sold stuff. So I had the ability to travel anywhere. And I was mostly interested in third world countries where I could buy inexpensive things. So I went to Mongolia and the Mongolian food 
was made out of that the that the the the, the Mongolian Empire was actually a very high uh, empire, and Genghis Khan. I actually have a lot of respect. He's incredibly misunderstood, and the people and the the country is unbelievable. Wow. Um, I was there in 2006, and um, so they they traveled. They had a Pony Express system in the 1300s they could get a letter in 13 days 2000 miles and and so they and they they had the highest horse population in the world yeah. and so they were traveling a lot so they had these metal breastplates and so they would they would throw all their food into the breastplate and they would cook it really quickly and then it would they could then eat it on the road for many days uh afterward and so that's the mongolian food and you go to the mongolian restaurant you get to pick what you want and they they make it for you and um i'm going to change slightly here i also went to ethiopia oh wow and ethiopia if you've ever eaten an ethiopia food uh uh is very good and they have a thing where they put their food that you sit on on stools low <laughs> stools and they put a low stool in the middle uh-huh and they put a three-foot bread in the middle, and they put uh, bowls of vegetables or meat uh -huh. uh, there, and everybody eats from the one plate. Oh God, I love that. Ooh. And, and so everybody is is not only it's like uh, like so like I was in China one time in a bus and we stopped for food. So the question is, and they fed us. So the question is, what did we eat? <laughs> Well, we ate Chinese food. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we were in China. Yeah. So they had family style. They had the bowls of food in the middle. Yeah. On a, maybe it was a lazy Susan. Maybe it wasn't. And you took the bowls and, you know, made your plate. But here in, in Mongolia, they put a giant bread. And so you rip off a little bit of bread and then you, you, you dip it in the meat and then you eat. And you've got three or four people that you're eating with and you're all eating out of the same out of the same uh, uh, serving, out of the same bread. Yeah, I I think that's a great idea, honestly. And I, I think I misspoke earlier. I said Mongolian super. It's Burma superstar. I had that wrong. I was thinking Bur no, Burma. No, you said you said Burma. I did. Burma. Oh, okay, good. So I don't I don't think that's the same thing though. Is it is it Mongolian food in Burma? I don't know. I don't. I can't remember. I'm feeling so, so uneducated. I've been to Burma, I've been to Burma too. <laughs> I died. You have been everywhere, Indra. Well, <laughs> I love that. countries. I wouldn't say everywhere, but I did get a chance to, to do to do some amazing things before before the traveling ended. What happened was, is I I got a little burnt out on the traveling, and so what I ended up doing is we just we just went to we basically went to India for the winter for we go for four or five months. Well, it seems the, like a smart choice because I feel like you wouldn't be super cold in India during it's it's is their monsoon season in that time or is that just like uh, the monsoon is in the summer we oh. it would be it would be cold in the winter we had no oh. heat it would get down to the low forties but it was it was the the winter was pretty short oh okay the winter was about two or three weeks oh okay and um, the suns when the sun was out the sun was the, the days were fine it was like a California a little bit like a California uh, winter day, like right. like like the Bay Area a little bit. When the sun was out, it was really strong, mm -hmm. but there would be some cold nights. But you'd have a small room, and you'd and you'd 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 place yourself that you'd get some sun in the room. That was like a, that was the height, you know. Uh, hotels didn't mention this because they didn't want you to know there was a sun side and an unsun side. <laughs> but we we I learned early on to have a room that uh, when I first met my wife, I had a room that had 
sun in the late afternoon. And mm. so it would warm up, it would warm the room up for the night. And this mm. was, my wife really appreciated that. Oh, so yeah. um, that wife, <laughs> she really, the, I, I, I met a woman in India that, that we, we've been together now 15 years. So, uh -huh. so um, she, yeah, that was really, I learned to do that. So we had rooms where we get a little bit of sun in the room to warm it up. And that was enough. No, oh, I love that. And that's smart because then you don't have to like utilize, you know, central heating or anything like that. You can just utilize what the sun is doing for you, right? It's it's not actually utilization. It's just that they just don't think of it. Oh, okay. It doesn't really occur to them. It's really it's really not a a. Um, it's just not in their aura that yeah. uh now the people that are outside if you're in a home then you don't have to you don't you're not missing central heating you just don't have it yeah but the people outside they have fires and and somehow they take little scraps of wood and they somehow make it last forever and wow. uh it's really amazing so you see men sitting outside around a fire when it's cold at night yeah. And and also interesting is is that the the indians have, have kind of thin blood so they're, they're dressed when it gets not even cold, but you know, it's like cool that they're like, you know, the scarf and the, you know, yeah, everything. They may have bare feet, but they are scarfed and they're jacketed really bundled and bundled up. as much as, yeah, and, and maybe even a sweater, you know, and that sweater that will stay on until the hottest weather. Oh, how interesting. Hot, hot weather. Well, that makes sense because they're used, probably used to it being pretty warm most of the time. So when it cools off, it's like, oh, I'm not used to it being, you know, a whole lot cooler than it being nice and warm and that sort of thing. Oh, interesting. Well, I would love to be able to go to India someday and all the amazing places you have been. I feel I feel so out of culture just because I've been stuck in California for the last two years. I mean, my husband and I started doing some traveling, but we really just got to um, Greece and we got to uh, and we got to um, Ireland, which was really important for me to discover just because that's where a lot of my ancestry is from. So I wanted to kind of explore that area a little bit. So I got to do that right before our first child was born. So that was really nice to, to kind of be in that area and experience Ireland. So I didn't, I didn't go overseas until my 50s, so don't worry about it. I got time is what you're saying. I had I had the opportunity, but I just didn't feel it was the time, and oh. uh, it just didn't happen. But it eventually was the time. Yes. So I am. I'll be very happy to be able to do it again because I think both of both my husband and I have it within us to experience different places. You know, it's just hard because we have our our kids are really small right now, and we have a three and a five year old, so it tends to get a little bit hard to do any big traveling excursions, especially now with COVID being a problem, but um, sure. we'll get there. It's, it's very, um, it's, it's very, it gives me some hope <laughs> when you say that I started when I was in my fifties. I'm like, okay, good. So I, you know, I'll get there. That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> You're reading me way too good, Indra. <laughs> Well, you're radiating. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. I can, I'm in fact, I can feel you. I can feel you're being accommodating. That you, 
uh, I just got a thought I could I could see you accommodating so yeah I I do that a lot and I feel like that's you know it's it's definitely in my nature um and, you know I feel like that's it makes it easier when you are a, a podcast host you know to be accommodating to kind of you know gauge the flow of where your guest is and like being able to answer or ask questions and that sort of thing and you know I'm also a nurse so it's you know kind of all a part of that too, being able to accommodate where my patient is and help them where they are and, you know, get them the best healthcare. You know, for me, it's in obstetrics. So, you know, I mm. help with, with women that are having babies and that sort of oh, thing. Okay. So that's beautiful. very much. Well, everything has a high side and a low side. Yes. You've expressed the high side and you've also, you know, that the Chinese food in your stomach is the low side. And so, and so, you know, it just is, you know, it just is the way that it is. And you are accommodating until you won't be. At some mm -hmm. point, you're going to say, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yep. And as long as I get to that point before it becomes like a big, you know, Vesuvius type explosion, you know, it needs to be something that. It's okay if you're Vesuvius. Oh, is it? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> we need one or those, two or those of in our life. Right. Just to feel like, you know, you're getting it all. So out. so what part of you, this is a rhetorical question. So what part of you has that feeling that it isn't right to Vesuvius? So that's the mind. It's yeah. not really it's not your God side that's saying that it's not your essence. Yeah. It's it's your mind is it that I have to I have to be accommodating. I have to be I have to keep peace. Mm. And so and so. I was in a in an, in an Indian in an Indian restaurant one day, uh, and it was quiet. It was very quiet in this restaurant, and a, and a three Americans walked in and said, "I'm sorry to disturb peace." Hmm. And I said to them, "You can't disturb peace. You can only disturb the story of peace." I'm going to be thinking about that one for a while. I think I'm going to have to write that one down and like put it on my mirror. Just to yeah. remember. So, so for if people don't get it, the idea is, is that the that the story of peace is that these is these ideas that we that we make up in our heads that these all these stories that I'll be happy when and that I I'll be present when and that uh, I need this and I need that and then we get there and it isn't enough and so so peace just is we 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 don't we can't disturb peace it is you know it's like it's like. Um, Awareness is already, we, oh, now I'm aware. It's like somebody, I said uh, to somebody recently that I'm, that I'm flowing and they said, well, uh, you know, what about when you're not flowing? And I say, well, flowing is always happening. It's, mm -hmm. all, it's not that I'm, there are times when I'm not in it, but it's not that I'm, uh, that flowing is happening or not happening. Synchronicity doesn't have an on-off switch. Mm. It just is. Oh my God. And, and, and it's our tuning into it. And we think, oh my God, look how beautiful nature looks. And it's only that we have come to that realization. It's not that nature was ugly and now it's beautiful. Yeah. You're just it's kind of. Like, it's like, it's suddenly we're hit to it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like. Uh... <laughs> You've turned the radio <laughs> dial think, to its frequency. Wow. The world has changed. Look how bright the world is now. And it's like, you know, you woke up guy. It's, it's not about the world. Yeah. So. It, it literally is just like turning the radio dial into their frequency and all of a sudden 
it is, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, like I, I'm, 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 he- I'm here for it, you know what I mean? I've tuned into it, and I'm experiencing this frequency and this energetic, and yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> so the story of peace versus peace. Peace is always here. Peace is peace is there, and it's it's the the peace that we think we disturb is the story of peace and so you always have the ability to attune to your patients Mm -hmm. you always have the ability to merge with your patients that's a god-given uh enneagram nine gift Mm -hmm. i mean we all can do that but you have that but the fact is is that you need to be in your own self feeling their energy rather than this mergy blankness feeling that energy and Maybe you would like to describe that a little bit for people to understand it. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that is really figuring out what it is that I'm trying to describe in myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the idea is, is that nines are really that they, their core fear is that they will be, that they will feel disconnected. And so, or fragmented. So what do they do is is that they disconnect and fragment from themselves. Oh god. And so they're creating harmony by by taking care of everybody else's uh by by making sure that everybody else is harmonious, but there is a disharmony within themselves because within that is a disconnection where they don't actually know what they're feeling and they're not actually grounded in their own bodies. Oh my God. And there is versions of this that other people can do. The Enneagram 2 is also mergy, but other people can be ungrounded based on sun in the 12th house. They can be ungrounded by not having planets at 1, 4, 7, and 10. We call those the Kendra houses. There are other uh, astrological uh, configurations will, which will create this same thing. We're talking about here for the Enneagram 9 has, particular, have, has this particular story, and it's interesting is that it's a little high so far it's a little hard for you to describe because because in it is is that you're not you haven't quite figured out this distinction with it so i can help you by saying is is that that you that yeah you're 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 disconnected from yourself and so you create harmony by the story of peace by going and eating the chinese food when the fact is it doesn't really work in your body and it doesn't really work with your with your assertiveness of your own self it doesn't really create a harmony within yourself and it takes a long time for that seesaw to tip it may be in your 30s uh it may be in your 40s it may not be till 50s and 60s you know so well i hope it doesn't take too long because i'd like to be able to but i mean isn't that just how we are as humans we want everything to happen all at once and right away instead of it being in its own time (laughs) so that's the mind talking again right yeah that makes sense (laughs) that's not the way i feel i mean i'm happy to i'm happy at this point i'm happy to get whatever i get i use the example of uh i just sent off my first major astrology article 5,000 words and it's the best thing I've ever written and I felt uh, well it's the article I've been trying to write for a while and I may have started it a few times it was the time and I could feel that really clearly within myself Mm -hmm. and so I'm waiting to hear and I expect to be published because it's a really good article and these people are saying they're looking for other opinions but on the other hand, I'm already dancing for joy because I have sent off the article. Mm-hmm. I have written the article and I have sent it off. 
and I am taking full measure with that, and the and I will have another another uh, blessing um, when they actually write me and they said they've read it and it's really good, mm. and we want to print it if they in fact say any of those, and also when it's actually printed, there'll be another level, and we can I can break it up and I can I can feel the the piece of of it printed. Even if it never gets printed, I can still be in that joy. Yes. Because I have done it. Yes. I, I, and if uh, it doesn't get printed, it's not necessarily, I don't have to take that on. Yeah. Yeah. Because you did it. You've created Yeah. It. Because I did my part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely feel that. And please let me know if, you know, when it does get published, because I'd love to read it. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, if you'd love to read it, I can send it to you. That's easy. Yes! <laughs> yes, please! <laughs> okay. Okay, Indra, well, we're we at about an hour and a half, and I think we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> wow. I know. I can't, went, I can't believe this. I know. It was so great. And, you know, I, I think we could probably talk for another hour or two even, but, you know. Life must Absolutely. march along. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me and sharing with me and my listeners. And um, if, if somebody wants to contact you about like, um, do you do um, the astrology charts for people still? Or is there a way people can? Yes, absolutely. You? I have a very active uh, practice right now. In fact, I think it's going to get more and more active. Um, I'm speaking that from astro astrologically, you yeah. know, it's my inner feeling in astro astrology. I'm a, I'm a bit of a late bloomer. It's not that I haven't had success in my life, right. but this is, this is my time now. And in fact, um, even in the last few weeks, this year I've been given more new astrology stuff. Wow. Some incredible new techniques. I now do location astrology, which I had known for 25 years. Uh, almost 25 years but never did before and all of a sudden I felt to do it and I studied and learned that and I uh, have other things that have been given to me recently and so so if you're interested in I have a website which is my name Indra Rinsler I-N-D-R-A-R-I-N-Z-L-E-R.com um, and I my my email is Indra Rinsler at gmail.com so just uh, um, contact me you can read about what i do on the website i have um the full reading is the three modalities it takes three hours i have sliding scale prices because i want to make sure i want to make it available to anybody and everybody mm -hmm. and um i do i can do shorter readings i can fit any budgets at the shows i do 20 minute readings and somehow they get what they need in 20 minutes and that's and that's okay you know it doesn't really matter to me and it's all live i you know i just wing and i wanted to i wanted to say before is that the readings come i start with a straw i start with it with a, with the readings i start giving the information and then there's the point where intuition kicks in. Mm. And so I go beyond the information of the chart. I say, this house, this, this house, this, this, this. And then intuition kicks in and I start giving people things that I have was not really thinking about. Right. And that's, that's the process. And so at the end, it's almost all intuition after I give the more factual information stuff. 
Right. And that makes sense, you know, and it makes it a much more unique and uh, individual experience, you know, for every person. That's that's amazing. Absolutely. So I do Zoom readings everywhere in the world. If you're local, uh, I'm in uh, Northern California foothills, then I do in person, but I do Zoom all over the world. I have customers from my Indian clients. Mm -hmm. One season I had 70, I did 78 sessions in uh, seven months in India. So I have clients all over the world. That's amazing. Well, and I love that. I love that you can continue without it being just like an in-person and that makes it so nice, you know, and it keeps the connection, you know, really meaningful and open and strong and all that. So, yay, Indra, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I look forward to... Thanks for to... being open and uh, jumping in. Absolutely. That's... That is part of me. <laughs> well, so I you will become less open as you become more into perhaps more discerning and more. Yeah, you'll put up a few more barriers, which will be good for you. Not a not such an open book and not so vulnerable. Yes, that is that is a hundred percent accurate, and that's where my lessons are right now. Is learning how to establish my boundaries and uh, I talk a lot about that is establishing my boundaries and um, you know learning how to not you know be super open like what you said and being vulnerable so that everybody can you know do what they will you know what I mean be like nope not today this is this is my limit you know yeah <laughs> beautiful yeah <laughs> that's the process that is the process and hopefully others that may have that issue can learn from from that as well so. yeah all right indra well i hope that um people that are listening to this will contact you and um have a little bit more clarity and a little bit more information about themselves and thank you so much for doing what you do and being a light thank in this you. world and the way that you are <laughs> thank you very much yeah thanks for having me and beautiful discussion yes i really loved it and i'm so grateful <laughs> All right, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have any questions, you can always contact me at thirdeyewithlorelei.com. And that's with a three RD. Um, and be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. And until we talk again, love and light to you all. Okay, perfect. I don't know why the recording volume went down. That's weird. Okay, good thing I caught it before we started recording. Okay. No, so yeah. basically, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions about you. Better riffs. I, uh, <laughs> I think I can just wing whatever. I think that's what, uh, 75 years, that's what I have been uh, 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 prepared for. That's what I'm, I'm ready for, is just <laughs> let her rip. <laughs> let those do the thing. Whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm here, so you've got me. He's, he's here for it. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Dang, Indra, that was like the... <laughs> oh my god.
If you would like an intuitive tarot reading or a past life tarot reading, be sure to contact me at my website at www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com and third is spelled with the three R-D, not T-H-I-R-D. Or you can contact me on my Instagram account or on my Facebook account. You can DM me and we can set up some time to get your reading in as soon as possible. In-person reading is accepted at this time. Also, readings over Zoom are accepted. So make sure to contact me and let me know what you need, you guys. Love and light to you all.